Welcome to Life Club. This is George G. And the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, Strong and Powerful Stephen Shedletsky. Stephen, are you ready to do this? Let's do it. Let's go. Shed is a leadership coach and advisor. He's the author of Speak Up Culture. When leaders truly listen, people step up. He's helping leaders listen and nurture the voices of others. Shed, excited to have you on. Tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work and why you do what you do. Oh, just an easy one to start. Um, right. Delighted to, George. Delighted to be with you and your listeners. Um, everything I do is to engage with people in meaningful ways so that we connect with depth and live in a more fulfilled world. Um, I care deeply about relationship. I care deeply about fulfillment, which is when we use uh, our strengths, of which we all have strengths. Every single human being has strengths. And when we use those strengths to contribute towards something bigger than ourselves, we feel fulfilled. Uh, and so I've devoted my entire life's work uh, to advance that cause um, and doing it with this book, Speak Up Culture. Um, so yeah, th those are a, those are a few things. Happy to share more, but uh, just just off the top, that's a few things that, that, that come to mind. I love it. Tell us a little bit about your personal life. Okay. Uh, my favorite color is green. Excellent. Um, I married a speech pathologist, which was very smart because I grew up with a stutter and a big, a big impetus, sort of the, sort of the first piece of inspiration as to why I've written a book called speak up culture is I know what it feels like to be voiceless because I woke up or I woke up, I grew up, um, uh, you know, as a, as a young kid and even teen, and even at times as an adult, not wanting to speak up at all for fear of stuttering, for fear of fear, you know? Um, so I'm married to my lovely wife, Julie, we'll be celebrating our eighth year of marriage in two days. We have two kiddos, uh, as we were discussing before, George, a six and a three-year-old, just like you. Um, and yeah, uh, born and raised in Toronto. I come from on both sides of my family, survivors of war, Holocaust survivors on my dad's side, on my wife's side, Holocaust survivors and fascist Hungary survivors as well. So I'm, I feel very thankful and connected to my heritage as well. And it's been a huge impetus and inspiration for my work. Oh, excellent. I appreciate you sharing that. I can remember, uh, I don't remember if it was, uh, what the motivation was necessarily, but I Googled fulfillment probably five, six, seven, eight <laughs> years ago. And all the results were talking about Amazon and how yeah. they, <laughs> I thought this is so incredibly perfect. Yeah. Well, I mean, as a word, fulfillment has multiple meetings. One could be, you know, getting a product to its <laughs> finished place, you know, but it's, it's a, it's a worthwhile analogy because, you know, if you look at fulfillment from the sort of process standpoint, you know, something is pr procured, something is fulfilled. A and, you know, you wake up the next day and then there's another fulfillment, meaning, you know, it is like fulfillment is infinite in its nature. Like none of us wake up on a Tuesday morning and we're like, bing, like fulfilled, no more work to do. It's like, no, there's Wednesday. Like, we can literally feel fulfilled on our deathbed, um, which is quite a fun thought. Uh, and I think if we live enough days of fulfillment, we'll actually live on past retirement, past uh, when we're out of here, because we'll be remembered, um, not necessarily by by millions like a, like a Gandhi or a Mother Teresa, 
but will be remembered by the people whose lives we influenced for the better. Um, because again, fulfillment, using strengths, the things that give us energy and that we're naturally great at um, and can develop further and then contributing that to something bigger than ourselves. Those are the two pieces. I love it. I think it's, I think it's really important. I think it's um, a conversation that, and, and thoughts that, that we all, it would really serve us to be thinking about and having, because I don't know that we're just going to stumble upon it. Um, I, I think there's a, there's a bit of both. I think sometimes we can stumble upon it, but the question is, do we pay attention and go, Ooh, that was fun. Ooh, I want more moments or days like, like that. And then the question is, do we then meaningfully cultivate them? Um, both as individuals and as communities, you know, we, we kind of live a paradox as human beings, which is at any given moment, we're always an individual and always part of a group always, you know, and it's part of what makes us strong as a species. Cause there are some animals who are more solo and then there's us, we're a social animal. Um, our, our survival and thrival actually depends on us forming bonds of trust and cooperation, you know, us walking alone in the woods or the, or the Saharan desert, not going to go so well for us, but if we have each other, we're, we're far stronger, you know, we're, we're a social animal. So, um, yeah, what, what makes us strong as a species are the, are the social bonds that, that we create and foster. Yeah, yeah. There's no doubt about that. So back to that, I don't want to call it serendipity, even though that's what I sort of wrote down when we, when, when we do find ourselves doing something that we really, really enjoy, it's like, wow, I am, I'm awesome at this. And some of the greatest stories that I, that I get to hear about and learn about are when people discover what they're really, really good at, and then they're able to put their full time and attention into that and make that their vocation or their work or whatever term that they want to use. Mm -hmm. That's when we do recognize I'm, I'm good at this. Other people come to me for it. Maybe I should work to develop that strength. Totally. I mean, there's, there's a couple of things that, that come to mind. Um, I mean, one, we can be blind to our own strengths because you know, it's very hard to read the label on the jar when you're stuck inside the jar. Mm. So, um, so you're, you're so right, George, that when people say, Hey, you're really good at that. Hey, can you help me with this? And you're like, sure. I'd love to, you know, comes easy to me. I enjoy it. You know, it's flow theory. So the things that are, are, that we're strengths in, we typically don't get bored by them because we're both challenged and skilled. If we're just skilled, but not challenged, then we get bored. But if we're both challenged and skilled, then it's flow. You know, you you lose yourself. You you lose track of of time. That that's a strength. Um, but oftentimes we're so blind to it because the only perception we have is our own, and so we're often world class at something, but we think everyone is. I'll give you an example. I draft emails and social media posts in the shower. I I can't help it. I can't turn it off, <laughs> um, and. When I come across people and share that with them, they're like, you do? And I'm like, yeah, like, don't you? They're like, no. <laughs> now, there's a percentage of the population that does, you know, what my top strength and strengths finders is communication. Like, I love finding ways to articulate ideas and feelings into relatable, inspiring, actionable terms. Like, I just, I love doing that. Um, but not everyone does that. 
So, you know, what, what's the thing that you just naturally always are thinking and doing chances are that's strength. Um, and I love the point that you made that when people point them out, um, Hey, you're really good at that. Can you help, help me with this? You know, I love that. The other thing that's interesting that you made me think of is I believe it's Michael Gerber who wrote the book entrepreneurial myth. And in it, it's that triangle, which is, you know, so often it goes like, like this, that the bottom of the triangle is, is hobby or vocation. Then there's operation, then there's vision. And so often, you know, entrepreneurs will go, I love flowers. I'll open up a flower shop. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but just because you're really good at making bouquets doesn't necessarily mean you have the same skill and strength set to operate a business or to have vision for where it can go in 5, 10, 15 years. You know, I like fixing cars. I'll open up an auto mechanic shop. It's like, well, hold on. So this isn't to say good or bad. I think oftentimes people who have a hobby, um, how cool would it be to make part of or a lot of what you do that hobby, but realize that it's those three things. It's vision, it's operations, and it's doing the craft. You know, as I'm more meaningfully building my own business now, I'm getting better at my craft, but I'm also flexing and doing more things on the operation side, which are not my strength set. So I hired a head of operations <laughs> um, who's better at that, you know? So, so yeah, just, just, uh, just a couple more thoughts there that it's just because you're good at the thing doesn't mean you're good at all of the things around it for a period of time. You're going to have to, you know, pull your weight and carry your weight and do more until you can afford to bring on more help. Um, but yeah, just a few thoughts that come. No, I think, that, I think that that's great. I think I was reading some of Stephen Pressfield's work and he talks about how so many of us have the shadow career of this is what I do for a living. And I've been doing this thing for a living for a long time, but over here is really what I'm passionate about and really what would fulfill me if I were able to do those things, have the vision, the operation and, and the craft and whatever other variables might, might be there. So it's mm -hmm. probably beyond the scope. We probably going to run out of time, but how do I recognize what those strengths are and how, 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 how can I just start cultivating them? Maybe I can't just start going hundred percent at it, but maybe I can just get started. Well, I mean, one, there are great assessments out there already. I mean, this isn't new work. So take a strengths finders assessment. Um, there's one that Jonathan Fields from uh, Good Life Project just came up with called Spark Type. There's Insights. There's Disc. Um, I've done a lot of work with with Simon Sinek over the years. You can go and do your your purpose discovery or your 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 why discovery. So there's tons of tools out there that if a you're not sure what your strengths are, there is tons of stuff out there that you can do very easily to get a sense of things that you're naturally talented at. Um, and are motivated to keep getting better at, um, and it's a it's a diverse, broad spectrum, which is great. So I think first and foremost, you know, if you don't know what your strengths are, go on the journey to find them if you want to. And there's tons of resources to to to, to help. I'd say Strengths Finders is a great one to start. Um, then once you do know your strengths, then the question is, how can you cultivate them further? And I think one of the things that a lot of people make make up a story where they go, oh, here are my strengths or here are the things that I love doing, but I can't apply them here. And I'm like, well, says who? 
Could you have a meaningful conversation with your boss or find someone who shares similar strengths as you and follow their career path? Like, I, I think oftentimes we find excuses or blocks as opposed to, you know, good old love, love the one you're, you're, you're with and see if there are ways to entrepreneur it, to find opportunities to cultivate your strengths internal too. Um, I'm also a big fan of, of, of hybrid. Like you don't necessarily need to, you know, if I'm going to start a business on the side, I have to quit my full-time job. And it's like, well, do you like, can you say, Hey, I'd like to work three days a week now, or I'd like to reduce my hours or moonlight it and work on the thing on the side and weekends on nights or early mornings or whatever. Um, until the choice becomes so obvious that like, all right, it's, it's, it's go time. So, um, the other thing that you made me think of, George, is, you know, I, I've had a chance to meet some really amazing people and develop friendships with some really amazing people. When you look back at their careers, you're like, wow. Um, one of which is Amy Edmondson. I had a chance to sit down with Amy Edmondson, who's a Harvard prof. She's been like number one on Thinker's 50 list for a bunch of years. Um, I admire her. I admire her work. She's a thought leader on psychological safety, which I care deeply about. And I asked her you know, early on in your career, like, did you know the trajectory? Did you know you wanted to become an author and become a Harvard prof and, and all these things? And she's like, no, I just wanted to be useful. Hmm. And I think, you know, so often we make up this story that people who have achieved amazing, great things had it all figured out. And they, they didn't like, this is the big, the big secret is no one knows what they're doing. Like no one. Um, and it's just take the next right step. You know, maybe look a few steps ahead as well. Um, but I, I love this notion of she's like, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I just wanted to be useful, um, which I think when we're useful, we're more likely to feel fulfilled because we're using our strengths to fulfill something. We're using our strengths to contribute to something bigger than us. So just a few thoughts that sort of come up from that. Yeah, your, I think that your, that's your, a, your comments there. I think that that's a really important thing because we've been spending so much time talking about our why and our purpose. And, and I think that that's valuable and good, but I don't know that I can succinctly tell you what mine is. Um, and I think that there's a lot of people out there that sort of struggle with that struggle with the idea of I'm a human being or am I human doing and I'm more towards the side of I, I do things. That's sort of what I do versus I am something. That's sort of where my thinking is at, but it's a constant thing. And you talked at the beginning, it's, it's, it's fulfillment is it's an ongoing thing. It's not like I arrived and now I'm going to stop pursuing it. Totally. And again, like just because you figure out these are my strengths, this is my purpose. This is what fulfills me. You have to then go do it. Right. <laughs> you know, like I, I'm quite clear on what my purpose is. I have language for it. I've done a lot of work, you know, around that. I can articulate it. And even if I tell you, George, and I opened with this, my purpose is to engage with people in meaningful ways, which is what we're doing right now, so that we connect with depth and live in a more fulfilled world. And connect with depth for me is relationship with self, relationship with others, and relationship with the world, world around us. Now, if I articulate that, and then I do absolutely nothing to live it, or I just say it, <laughs> but then I live counter to it, guess what? Not fulfilled, you know, having these tools like articulations for strength and purpose, they're just that a tool, but I could give you a hammer 
and you could put that hammer on that shelf behind you and it will collect dust. We have impact with the hammer if we pick it up and do something with it. And so, I mean, one of the ways, and this is how we can find purpose and strengths is to think back on our life and career as early as our childhood, through our school-aged years, through, you know, experiences with mentors and favorite teachers and least favorite teachers and favorite su subjects and least favorite, favorite bosses and least favorite, favorite projects and least favorite. And we reflect through those peak and valley moments, not just career, not just school, life, right? And you think about those specific moments that you either loved and fulfilled you and were joyful or specific moments that were really hard. But if you're honest, you came out the other end better or learned something or whatever it might be. Um, and as you sort of reflect on those peaks and valleys of your life and, and, and career, there are some moments that will stand out. Now go and share those moments with an objective listener, wouldn't recommend a spouse, wouldn't recommend a best friend or a parent or a sibling, especially if they're, if they were also a part of the story, they're like, no, George, that's not what, what happened. And it's like, it's my story. <laughs> like that's what happened to me. So you, you can share it with an, with, with um, an objective listener, very hard to do this on your own. Cause again, you cannot be objective with, with yourself. You can't read the label on the jar when you're stuck inside the jar yourself. So as you share you know, these peak and valley moments, there are some themes that will come up, you know, uh, you are a high performer, you're curious, you know, you're never set, settled with the, with the status quo. Like there are some things that will come up as common patterns and themes, um, which you'll be like, yeah, that is me, you know? So that's the trick on, on how to find it. Um, Another is to phone up really close friends, uh, people who choose to be friends with you and say, why are you friends with me? And they're like, really? And you're like, yeah, yes. I'm trying to learn more about, about myself. This is a Simon Sinek process. He has a tool for it called the friends exercise. But you you get your your friends, people who choose to be in relationship with you to reflect on on the qualities about you that have them choose to be friends with you. Now, the fun thing is, is they'll begin to describe rational stuff. We have so much fun. I can tell you anything, blah, 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 blah. And then there's a switch and they'll stop describing you and they'll begin to describe the impact that you have on them. Hmm. Right. I don't know what it is. I don't even need to be in the same room as you. I can think about you and more as possible, you know, and you'll be, and you'll get emotional, you'll get goosebumps. They're literally describing the difference that you make in their life, which is likely you're, you know, related to your purpose. I love it. I love it. That's super powerful. Some good, uh, some, some good practical steps. I nice. wrote down, I wrote down, pick up the hammer. You gotta, <laughs> you, you gotta pick the thing up, start swinging it, start using it. So <laughs> Yes, maybe maybe not figuratively, but uh, or maybe not right. literally, but but figuratively, yeah. Exactly right. Yeah, yeah. Well, Shed, thank thank you so much for coming on. Where can people learn more about you, and how can they engage with you? Yeah, thanks, George. Uh, very active on LinkedIn, I believe. For the moment, I'm the only Stephen Shudletsky in the world. So, all you dozens of Shudletskys out there in the world, don't name anyone Stephen. Uh, you know, unless you really want to. Um, and Shed Inspires is the website, shedinspires.com. Excellent. Well, if you enjoyed this much as I did, show Shed your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Follow Shed on LinkedIn under Stephen Shedletsky. I'll link that in the notes, as well as go to shedinspires.com and 
check out everything that he is working on and figure out how you can get in touch and um and work together thanks good chad thanks george cheers and until next time remember do your part by doing your best